Today is Monday, December 18th, 2023, and you're listening to Space News First Up. First Up is sponsored by Terran Orbital, the leading manufacturer of satellite products for the aerospace and defense industries. Terran Orbital provides end-to-end satellite solutions to meet the needs of the most demanding military, civil, and commercial customers. Learn more at terranorbital.com. Here are today's top headlines in space. U.S. Space Command announced Friday it has achieved full operational capability. The U.S. Space Force will spend more than $500 million for the first six satellites of a new missile warning system. A debate on satellite transmission power limits will continue on after an international conference. Federal regulators are hearing complaints that they acted both too slowly and too swiftly in approving a Starship launch last month. A spaceport in the Shetland Islands has received a license from the U.K. government. The U.K. government has also released lessons learned from its first launch from a licensed spaceport. First Up is produced by Space News. Visit spacenews.com for up-to-the-minute space industry news and analysis. We begin today with the U.S. Space Command, who announced Friday it has achieved full operational capability. The announcement means that the command, established in 2019, now has the staff, infrastructure, and plans it needs to handle its mission of conducting space operations and protecting American and allied assets and interests in space. General James Dickinson, head of Space Command, said that while the command is operational, more work lies ahead as the complexity of space operations continues to grow. The command also faces a continuing battle over the location of its permanent headquarters. The U.S. Space Force will spend more than $500 million for the first six satellites of a new missile warning system. Millennium Space Systems won contracts to build those satellites last month, but the value of the award, $509.5 million, was only now disclosed. The satellites, built on Millennium Space's Altair satellite bus, will operate in medium-Earth orbit, with launch planned for late 2026. The contract includes options for launch and in-orbit operations valued at $123.4 million. A debate on satellite transmission power limits will continue on after an international conference. At the World Radio Communication Conference 2023 that concluded last week, Delegates agreed to a compromise regarding equivalent power flux density, EPFD, limits, allowing technical studies without regulatory consequences. For geo-satellite operators, this means that the earliest that those limits could be changed is the World Radio Communication Conference in 2031, but LEO satellite operators believe the language leaves the door open for changes at the next World Radio Communication Conference in 2027. LEO operators have been seeking increases in EPFD limits to better serve their customers, which GEO operators oppose because of interference concerns. Federal regulators are hearing complaints that they acted both too slowly and too swiftly in approving a Starship launch last month. Several environmental groups that sued the FAA in May over the original launch license for Starship amended their complaint on Friday. They argue that the FAA and the Fish and Wildlife Service failed to properly conduct an environmental review after the first launch before approving plans for the second launch last month. The revised lawsuit comes two days after a hearing where the ranking member of the Senate Commerce Committee, Senator Ted Cruz, Republican Texas, criticized those agencies for asinine delays in issuing the revised Starship launch license because of environmental laws. 
At the same hearing, NASA Deputy Administrator Pam Melroy said NASA has been in discussions with some environmental regulatory agencies to impress upon them the importance of activities like Starship to the Artemis program. A spaceport in the Shetland Islands has received a license from the UK government. The Civil Aviation Authority, CAA, announced Sunday that it awarded a spaceport license to Saxavord Spaceport, allowing the site to perform up to 30 launches a year. The spaceport is the first vertical launch site licensed in the United Kingdom and has customers that include ABL Space Systems, High Impulse, Rocket Factory Augustburg, and Skyrora. Launches could begin from Saxavord sometime next year, although the spaceport has not released more specific timelines. Development of the spaceport itself has suffered delays because of funding problems that the spaceport's leadership says it is working to resolve. The UK government has also released lessons learned from its first launch from a licensed spaceport. The report last week by the UK Space Agency reviewed the licensing and oversight process for the Virgin Orbit launch from Spaceport Cornwall in January and made several recommendations to streamline the process and improve coordination among agencies. Despite the failure of the launch itself and later of Virgin Orbit, officials from the Space Agency and the CAA said they remained optimistic about the long-term future of the launch industry in the UK, noting that nine companies are in various stages of the launch licensing process. In other news, China has launched a large optical satellite to geostationary orbit Friday. A Long March 5 rocket lifted off from the Wenchang Satellite Launch Center at 8.41 a.m. Eastern. The rocket placed the Yaogan-41 satellite into a geostationary transfer orbit. The satellite is believed to be a military follow-up to the civilian Gaofen-4 satellite launched in 2015, which used the smaller Long March 3B rocket and produced images with a resolution of 50 meters from geo. Xinhua reports that a Chinese commercial small launch vehicle launched Sunday. The SQX-1, or Hyperbola-1, rocket from iSpace launched from the Juquan Satellite Launch Center at 3 a.m. Eastern and placed the Dier, one satellite, into orbit. The launch was the sixth flight of the rocket and third successful mission. The TASS Russian news agency reports that Russia launched a weather satellite Saturday. A Soyuz 2.1B rocket launched from the Baikonur Cosmodrome at 4.18 a.m. Eastern, and placed the Arctica M number 2 satellite into a highly elliptical Molniya orbit. The satellite joins a similar one launched in 2021 to monitor conditions in the Arctic. A startup founded by two former SpaceX employees has raised funding to improve processing of spacecraft telemetry. SIFT recently raised $7.5 million to help grow the 12-person startup, which is developing a proprietary telemetry stack to improve the way machine data is recorded, visualized, and interpreted. Those software tools, the company said, could help operators of large satellite constellations automate many tasks. The BBC reports that the first satellite from thermal imaging startup SatVu has suffered a mission-ending failure six months after launch. The British company said Friday the camera on its HotSat 1 malfunctioned earlier in the week and is unlikely to be returned to operations. HotSat 1 launched in June to demonstrate technologies for high-resolution thermal imaging in space for energy and environmental applications. SatVu said the satellite was fully insured and a replacement will launch in 2025, 
as the company pursues long-term plans for a constellation of eight satellites. GG Press reports that the Japanese space agency JAXA has concluded an investigation into the failure of a solid rocket motor during a ground test this summer. The motor, which serves as the second stage of the Epsilon-S small launch vehicle, exploded during a static fire test in July, damaging the test stand. JAXA said last week that the explosion was caused by the melting and scattering of a metal part from the motor's ignition device. That damaged insulating material in the motor, triggering extraordinary combustion. JAXA plans changes to the design of the ignition system, but has not set a date for a revised test of the motor or a launch of the Epsilon-S.